0: Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. Join Tracy and Shelley for Shelf Absorbed, a series where they talk about what's going on in their reading life. Today, they talk about some of their favorite books of 2023 and what they're looking forward to reading in 2024. Stay tuned! Hello and welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. Occasionally, when um, Shelly and I get together, we have a little sub-series we call Shelf Absorbed. That's right. And um, today is a Shelf Absorbed episode. We're going to talk about our favorite books that we read in 2023 and um, maybe maybe just like a line or two about what we're looking forward to or if we have reading goals uh, for 2024. So hello Shelley. Hello.
1: Hello. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this.
0: Why don't you start us off with one of your favorites? How many did you did you come up with by the way?
1: Well I brought with me three titles that are my favorites of the year. Okay. I have many favorites but I'm just going to talk about two. I, yeah. I, I, had to, I had to limit myself.
0: I did, too. I, I brought three, but then I made a list of some others, and so I'm just going to, like, list a bunch of books at the end that I liked. Oh, see, I didn't do that. Well, maybe when I'm doing that, you can look at your Goodreads and <laughs> come up with a list. <laughs> well, I didn't, or not. I didn't bring my phone. Okay.
1: Because <laughs> so, I like to be focused. Should I start with the one that I'm so excited about?
0: Absolutely. Let's start it off with some excitement.
1: Okay. Well, it's the last book I read, and I finished it yesterday.
0: You know what? I have a book that I read. Um, I finished Monday. is on my Is on my list. So I just finished the
1: Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. I don't know what that word means. Okay. I came with the definition. Oh,
0: you know what? I'm so glad. Yes, because
1: I did not know what it meant either. I mean, anthropology—something people study. Here is what it means: relating to or proposing the current geological age, viewed as the period during which human activity has been the dominant influence on climate and the environment.
0: Okay. Basically,
1: his subtitle of the book is Essays on a Human-Centered Planet. Okay. So, our time and our impact on the planet right now. Got it. Okay. In the book, it's a nonfiction book, he says... He encountered the this word while he was while he was working at Booklist mm-hmm. because it is it is a big word and uh, and that warms my heart that he encountered it while he was at Booklist. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it is, it is a memoir and a set of uh, small essays, but there's a bunch of them, and they're all about just. Things that are, ha- that are happening right now. He wrote it during the pandemic. It is super heartwarming, funny. Um, I laughed out loud so many times. And I must say this, I don't really like John Green's fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I got to hear him speak once um, at the Children's Book Festival. Uh, in Hattiesburg at USM, and he was very funny, very delightful. I just don't his young adult books don't appeal to me. And I have and, to
0: say, I'm I'm kind of surprised that a book with that title is funny. I know it does not. Well, it does not sound. It doesn't fun- sound funny. Here's
1: why I picked up the book. It, it is not a book I would go. Oh, Anthropocene Reviewed. That sounds great. Right. No, um, I was listening to my favorite podcast what should i read next mm-hmm. and ann bogle and her crew were were giving um, advice on like holiday picks to buy for people and this was one to buy for someone who isn't a big reader and or someone who's in like a reading slump mm-hmm. because they're, they're small little essays about various weird things that does sound like, hey, just get yeah. it, dip your toe in. Yeah. So I listened to the audio, which is read by John Green, mm-hmm. and he talks about just weird, wacky things. For example, he talks about Googling strangers, which apparently he is an expert at.
0: Hmm. I also have this affliction.
1: Um. <laughs> he talks about old Lang sign. Mm -hmm. the song, Mm -hmm. and I learned all about the history of it. I also, this one made me cry. John Green lives in Indianapolis. Uh, I am from Indiana. He is not from Indiana. He's not a native Hoosier. So he talks a little trash about indianapolis i used to live there but you know it's okay so he does a thing about indianapolis oh i must say that he gives everything from one to five stars Hmm. that's the reviewing part i like it i love that
0: oh okay you got it it? yes yeah i'm sorry i should have said that from the very beginning stars does all lang syne get
1: um, I think it gets five stars. Okay. Well, I guess please, if you're crying at the end, I would... Please don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure... I, I would sure. think it was highly but a rated. a lot of, Very few things get five stars. Sunsets gets five stars. He talks about sunsets. But a lot... Most things do not get five stars. Uh, he talks about the Cordy keyboard. Hmm. And how that came about. Did not get five stars. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have found a new band I like because of him. Really? The band, the Mountain Goats. Yeah. Do you guys know about them? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, but I am really lame about music. Mm-hmm. Um, right before I came down here, I was listening to them, and now I really like them. Um, John Green said that they actually—he said he wouldn't be who he is today without that band. You know. And they actually did get five stars.
0: Oh well, I would hope so. Okay. okay. No, They're now like I, have life tell, I have to stop
1: telling every all the every, start, every yeah. bit I have already recommended this book to two people it may and I know it's my pretty much probably my last book of the year maybe not but I think it's my favorite book of this year that listen that's high praise and I listen to it and I would suggest that as the perfect medium because mm-hmm. he reads it mm-hmm. um and you hear his voice crack when he gets real emotional and stuff but I actually want now to have my own copy of this book and that never happens Hmm. so I will stop talking about it um I just I just love this book so much well just you know what it.
0: I I have seen I've seen this title around and
1: it, it, it it has a weird cover with these these lines, like a like a
0: river. Yeah. almost. It doesn't look like anything I would want to read. No. but now your description does sound like something I would want to read. Yeah. And I also while you were talking, I realized that Hank
1: Green Hank Green's his brother. Oh my God I I didn't realize that till I was listening to this book. Well I th- I, talking about I thought Hank. they were the
0: same guy. Oh no. I thought not. they cuz I follow Hank, Hank Green, Green on something.
1: is his younger brother. Okay. But he talks in this book about Hank Green is so wise that Hank is kind of like always the older brother, hmm. but really it's his younger brother. Got it. But yeah, he talks a lot about Hank in this book.
0: See, I thought Hank it, I thought I thought there was one person who wrote <laughs> YA books and oh, no. new stuff about Two Did, did people. he talk about science? Is that okay? Um, I've never read Hank, but I've always wanted to. You know, you should follow him on threads or whatever. Okay. He he posts I will. a lot there. Um, anyway, but when you were like John Green, I'm like, that's not that guy's name. Anyway, but the, I'm Two so pleased that they are yeah. the same the the in the same family though. Well highly recommend this book and
1: again I've never been a fan of his novels and I did try to read one once so well that's great what do you have Tracy
0: well um I also have a nonfiction book but it's a little different than yours
1: is that one I saw on your Instagram
0: yes it is it is I must be dreaming by Roz Chast um First, I have to say I am a huge Roz Chast fan. I'm a big fan of um, that style of cartoons and comics. Um, she is a New Yorker uh, comic artist, and um, her—I I, was—I googled around to see like how would people describe her work. Um, it's deliberately threadbare. Uh, spidery, nervous lines. Okay, so all of her people are always like frazzled and their hair's frizzy and they're like wigging out about something. But there's also this like, um, everything is also like this very mundane shared experience and they're really, really relatable. Um, so I've been a big fan for a lot of years. I, she has a new book. I automatically like buy it. It's going to be good. But it's I've not, never heard of her. Well, you know that's that's all it. right. Now I have. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. But uh, sorry, I interrupted you. So usually, you when you read a when you look at a, a Roz Chast comic, you go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's not like you don't actually laugh because it's more like a shared experience. Like, oh yes, yeah. I recognize this yeah. as a thing. People I do. get that. I get it. Yeah. Um but this book, I think it um I, I didn't expect it to be like actually funny, but I I laughed so hard. First of all, I don't laugh when I watch TV. I don't laugh when I read a book. I acknowledge like that is funny. And the same. It takes a lot it to takes make a lot. me laugh out loud. I and I think an audiobook actually would make me laugh more. Because it's like a shared experience. Mm Because like if I'm watching a movie with someone, I do laugh. Like it's a shared Mm thing. Anyway, but I was reading this on Saturday afternoon and I was laying on the couch and my cat was laying on me. And I laughed so hard I bothered the cat. So I'm not going to say this is like for everyone, but so it's called I Must Be Dreaming. And this is... Um, She is a person who is interested in her dreams. She kept a dream journal when she was a teenager, as did I. Then she just started writing them down when she got older. And so the book is about her dreams. The combination of her style with her nervous lines um, and the like absurdity and the banality of dreams just made me die laughing so many times. So I have a couple of examples of things that made me crack up, and you know what? It it could be I could be the only person in the universe who this was written for, like this because it's it's probably not that funny. But last night I was looking at this again, and I I laughed again. Okay, so this was this is in a, a chapter called I think it's called Famous People. Because, you know, you, uh, celebrity dreams. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes a famous person yes, works it their happens. way. It
1: happens. Okay,
0: so this one's about Elizabeth Taylor. I learned that Elizabeth Taylor always traveled with her own stove when she went on tour. <laughs> Amazingly, it looked exactly like the tiny sto- stove in my apartment in New York. That's not, that's not that funny, but the picture has, like, a fancy lady with two maintenance men behind her with the stove on a little on a little It's like a cart. whole size stove. Yeah. Um, and it, and so I guess it is just the absurdity of, it is you know. Absurd. Um. Is that true? No, this, this, no, it's a dream she oh, had. Oh, it was a
1: dream she had. These okay. are all dreams that okay. she had. Gotcha.
0: Um.
1: I thought maybe she read that no. she did and then she just dreamed that about it.
0: Well, because she is a cartoonist, she also dreams about, like, cartoon ideas. And she'll wake up and think, like, ah, oh, this is great. And then she looks at it, and it's total garbage. Um, she had a dream that she thought would be a great idea. It was the cover of an underground comic book. Uh, She's called,
1: cracking up all right, right now.
0: It's, she written, it's, read a, it. a, it's written in bubble letters, and, okay. it, and it's called... I can't even she, say it. <laughs> bubble butt from Bubble Town. <laughs> and there's a little picture of a man with, with a bubble butt. It's like it's this lumpy. It's not that big. It's just lumpy. Let me see it. Okay. Well, you, I'm gonna have to pass it to you. Okay. Um, because you know I can't see that far. Yeah, more. I know. It's it's something. It's the it's the combination of the two. Like it's silly, and then the the kind of drawing just completely makes me die laughing
1: how would you define nervous what do you call it nervous lines or nervous? if, if
0: you'll flip through you'll find someone who's probably like harried oh you yeah. know what I mean like yeah, I like they're like their their yeah. eyes are probably spirals and there's like lines of discomfort around them um, as
1: someone like yourself that gets doesn't like you know like mysteries where bad things happen Mm -hmm. and stuff this doesn't make you nervous no anxious absolutely
0: not no Roz is here as the mediator she's telling us about the things that make her nervous there's there's also a really interesting chapter about uh, nightmares which it you know those aren't as funny although some of them were because you know um, and as a child, she was a very she was very nervous, and she went through a period where her mother they had they had like this list of things that her mother had to say before she could go to sleep. Like I don't remember what they are now, but there were four things like you're not going to die in your sleep, um, you know everything will be fine. Like these these like kind of like a little mantra that she had to go through. Um, anyway, I love this book. Um, I will acknowledge it may not be for everyone. I don't think Bubble Butt from Bubbletown is going to strike everyone on the planet as something I like. Incredibly it. hysterical. I like, it's s- it's the common like look. Bubble Butt from Bubbletown is not that funny. But when I was looking at the picture of it, I could barely talk.
1: There was one about having nebbins. Yes, that is funny.
0: Yes. It's a dream where she realizes that she has nubbins for hands, and then she looks around, and everyone has nubbins. nubbins. And it's actually in a chapter called Lucid Dreams, uh-huh. where she's like, ooh, and she her fingers grow, and she realizes, oh, I can control how long they are. Yeah. And she um, lets them get longer and shorter. So anyway, love this book. Five million stars. Five um,
1: million stars. Five million
0: stars. No, wow. I... I I want this book to go on for another 8,000 pages. How many books has she written? Um, do you know? More than uh, between, I don't know, 10. Um, mm-hmm. One that got a lot of praise a few years ago is called Can't We Talk About Something More Pleasant? And it's about uh, the decline of both of her parents and that whole process. Do
1: we have her books here? We
0: do. We have that one, and there's a book club oh, kit of it. it. Oh, um, and and it's not hilarious. It's yeah. about a serious topic. Yeah. But but again, r- the nervous lines and the you know the spidery way that she writes makes it. Her.
1: i check her out.
0: Makes it very accessible. I think that's yeah. that's part yeah. of it. Um, but yes, I
1: I can't follow that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's some. I like that. Well. My next, you got next book is Let's Talk About Climate Change.
0: <laughs> Again? <laughs> yes. Wait, is that what the book is called? No. Oh. The,
1: the book, that was my segue. Oh, okay. My segue was Let's Talk About Climate Change. Okay. Uh, my book is Camp Zero. Uh, I've talked about it in our MLC book club. Oh, okay. Um, the book is called Camp Zero by Michelle Min Sterling Hmm. and it was a read with Jenna pick Um, that's not why I picked it but um, (laughs) sorry Jenna you have no influence here you did not influence me Uh, but that is how I found out about the book so
0: she did influence you yeah we'll give Jenna a point I like Jenna
1: so I'm I like some of her picks. Yeah. So it's okay. It's a dystopian climate change book. That's uh, the genre we're yeah, going well, in. Yeah. Okay. So it's in the near future. Um, the earth, unlike now where the earth is getting very hot, the earth is very cold, mm. which I kind of would rather have that. I don't know. Re- freeze to death? Yeah. When, I'd when rather burn freeze up. to death than burn up. But that's just me. Um, So we meet a a young lady named Rose, and so there's two stories going on. So we have Rose, and she's worried about her mom who's getting older. So Rose is a prostitute. And she arrives at Camp Zero. And she is, we, we find out right away that she's there as a spy. And she's hired by this guy. And there's this one place you can live in this orb Mm -hmm. that really, like, it's on top of an ocean. I don't know which ocean it is. Like, this is a whole other world. Right. And it is the only, like, decent place to live. Climate is is regulated. Nothing bad happens there. But you have to have a lot of money to live there Mm -hmm. or be a servant. Okay, so she was a prostitute there. But, okay, so this guy, this really rich guy that created this orb, he says, if you go to Camp Zero and um, if you're a spy for me, for this architect or engineer, I can't Mm -hmm. remember, and if you do this, then I will let you and your mother come live. There's a name for the orb. I can't remember. Come live in the orb for the rest of your life. So she does that. Things happen. She meets other prostitutes. There's a name for a them. A, they have a club. They there's, together, there's have a club. They get together and have sandwiches. There's a name for them that's not prostitute, but that is what they are. Um, and, but then there's a second story going on at the same time, and you don't realize what's how they're going to overlap. The second story is there's these women that are on kind of like, I want to call it a space station, but it's on Earth. So it's not like a space station. But they're in a very, very cold part, like a tundra mm-hmm. area. And it's all women. And you don't know what year it is. If it's ha- you don't know if it's happening at the same time. You don't know anything. And without saying anything, somehow these two stories overlap. And it is a very satisfying story and it is it is interesting and fascinating and this book i looked on goodreads got some very negative reviews Hmm. a lot of people did not like it and some people thought it was okay i really liked it what Um, appealed to you about it um i liked the the setting and I thought it was the setting was so well described, and I really liked Rose and the relationship with her mother, mm-hmm. um, and the fact her whole like trying to save her mother. Um, I could overlook some of the things that were kind of hard to believe. Um, I could see what some of the people who were kind of negative about the book, I I could see what they were saying. But I think it's just I've never read a book like this, Mm -hmm. and there aren't very many out there that have this type of story about climate change. Um, So that's why it was very enjoyable to me, and I hope that there are more people that are going to write books like this. Mm -hmm. And it was this author's first book. So, you know. Oh, who's the author? Her name is michelle min sterling um i thought it was great i really did i really
0: i thought it was very unique and very original well it sounds all of those things zero you know i i am not a huge dystopian fan you know but there are some books that sneak up on me like leave the world behind
1: yeah leave the world behind we both like that one a lot
0: it's not that I I think what I like is if I'm going to read something about some kind of dystopia that one is very character driven I want it to be at the very beginning where people are adapting to it I don't want it to be this is how it is Mm -hmm. and here's how the world operates I like to see how regular people in modern yeah. times are yeah. now going to adapt yeah. to yeah. this new thing that mm-hmm. that to me is uh it's, i find that a more believable way for me to yeah to get into that
1: regular joe well very wealthy regular joes mm-hmm. adapting to this strange thing in regular times like mm-hmm. like now so I could see where you'd like that, and again, it was very character driven.
0: And I do like um, a character driven kind of kind of book.
1: Yeah. Well, I thought Camp Zero was very character driven, and I, I like the fact that instead of the Earth being so hot, like
0: it's happening, right. the Earth
1: was very cold. Yeah, so it that is. She went the opposite. That direction. is a
0: neat twist, so. and the, and the different kinds of issues. Yes. That
1: mm-hmm. that uh, brings about. Yeah.
0: Well, the um, the next book on my list um, I finished on Monday. I'm cramming in a lot of books to meet my completely arbitrary um, goal of reading forty books this year. Um, and this is a book that I bought at the Dollar Tree. You know what? I have bought many
1: of books at the Dollar Tree. They have some sometimes, sometimes you know, they have some good books.
0: So I had started reading a book by this author before, and it just wasn't right for me at the time. So when I saw this book called Shine On, Bright and Dangerous Object by Laurie Colwyn, I snatched it. title. It's a title. Wow. I snatched it and put it in my buggy because you know what? Sometimes you go to the Dollar Tree and you just have stuff in your hands and sometimes you need the basket. Yeah. And sometimes you need the buggy. I, I will sometimes
1: get the cart. I, I will. I was sometimes. in buggy mode. I had Not a, often, but sometimes.
0: Okay, so I um, had read, you know, five pages of a Laurie Colwyn book before. And um, this one is about a woman named Ollie. Her, her name is Elizabeth, but her nickname is Ollie. And she's 27, and her husband has just died. He, his name was Sam, and they'd been married for about five years. Um, he was just a really daring, impetuous Um, kind of daredevil person he Mm -hmm. drove a motorcycle Um, he'd broken basically every bone in his body by the time he grew up just from um, doing kind of wild things and um, he went out in his boat and there was a you know a storm warning and he dies so the first part of the book is her dealing with his loss and her it's very much a um I would call it a novel of the interior Mm -hmm. you know like obviously Mm -hmm. something happened Sam dies um and but he's like he's just died like when you when you start the book so it's not a spoiler so as Ollie you know deals with her grief and then also deals with the weird – his family is really weird. Um, they're very remote and distant, but his brother is, you know, he's a human. And um, her, his brother says this really mean thing to her. Um, it's like the, the day of the funeral. And he says, well, at least this spared you from having to get a divorce in a few years.
1: Wow. Um,
0: and that just, like, wounds her terribly. And, like, for the rest of the book, we kind of uh, – you know, we come back to that because she's like, "What did he mean?" And she feels guilty because in her her perception of what love is is that you love the person and they're the way they are. And if you do anything to try to change them, that is wrong. So she feels at first she's like, "I couldn't, I couldn't change Sam. I couldn't have made him any more careful." But she also didn't try. Um, so she
1: thinks that a person is the way they are, and you should not try to alter them in any way,
0: right? At all. So if you if you engage some trickery to like get your man, you know, you know, mm-hmm. like if you read an article yeah. about whispering his ear while he's sleeping or whatever, yeah. like that, <laughs> that is, um, huh? That's that's like trying to alter their personality or something so as she like that's her original thought and then as the book goes on she has different thoughts about things so that's in part one and then in part two she um starts a new relationship and I won't tell you who that's with because if you ever wanted to read it it would totally spoil it um is it someone unexpected um, yes. Yes, and no. Okay. Yes, and no. Mm-hmm. Um, as as the as that part goes on, the reader sees it, and she doesn't. Like she's super mad at someone and irritated by him, and we're like, oh yeah, that's we see what yeah. that is. Yeah. Um, but it's a completely different experience to how she fell in love with Sam. So this is why she didn't recognize it because it's not the same. Anyway, so it's very much a book about growing up and getting new information about yourself and looking at this is the way i thought it was and this is the way it is and then as people grow up and change so it was also 180 pages which i really appreciate at the end of the year yeah and i liked it so much and i love her style she's just uh so uh, i think on instagram i said she's so smart and good which sounds like a first grader way to to like what's her name again laurie colwin i went to lemuria yesterday and i bought another laurie colwin book i was just like what do you got and it was on one of those top yeah, shelves yeah and someone had to get up yeah. for me and i was like yeah it looks good oh yeah. what's it about cool i'll buy it um and this one has 120 pages wow. so i predict I it like will be my last i will meet my 40 uh 40 book goal this year with with the second one but in a you know, in in writing classes, people are taught show don't tell. Yeah, she does not believe in that um, because while things happen, it's very much like I felt this and I think this, and there's no there's no way to show that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so the the narrator does just tell us.
1: Do you? Well, you obviously like that. No, I loved
0: it. You do? I loved. I was aware of it. Like, oh yeah, no, but like. You know, I don't require a lot of action in a mm-hmm. book. I am really interested in people's thoughts and why they do things and why they feel the way they do. So, yes, I, I loved it. I will read all of her books.
1: Uh, well, my next book, um, you had asked me about it, and I'm not sure
0: if you read it or not, but it's called My Murder by Katie Williams. Yes, I think I read I read the flap, okay. and I was intrigued by the flap.
1: Well, it is, okay. So it is about a lady, and she is murdered. I'll just say it. And <laughs> <laughs> I would th- I would hope so with, with the title that my murder. She's brought back to life. So she mur- she's murdered by a serial killer. Her and a bunch of other ladies, and she's brought back to life. Kinda. She's. Uh, she's cloned, so mm-hmm. her clone is so it's not really her, but that's the whole po- that's kind of the whole premise of the book is is it is it her like she has memories of this person, but is it her? you know is she is, married and she has
0: a child Yes okay so okay so, so she's I read married. I, did, I yeah. read the first chapter then So
1: she's married and she has like a like a toddler or ba- I don't think she's like a baby baby, but she's you know one or two and so her baby doesn't react well to her it's like her baby knows it's not her oh, yeah or that's what she thinks mm-hmm. that's how she's feeling and her husband's real weird towards her but, and she thinks oh because you know i'm a clone mm-hmm. and okay so all of the women that this, that this particular man killed Are brought back through this government program, and there's a whole upheaval in the world because some people think that's great, some people think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's in like a like a self help group with the rest of the women, Mm -hmm. like how to. I'm a clone. I've been, you know, I was killed, and now I'm brought back. And how do we? get along Mm -hmm. and blah 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 well then she tries to solve her murder and she starts realizing that she keeps asking her husband like what happened Mm -hmm. on the day of her death of Mm -hmm. of her murder and he doesn't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. and at first she thinks oh he just doesn't want to talk about it but then like things don't add up because she finds this i'm not going to tell too much but she finds like a Like a bag in her closet like a you know getaway bag Mm -hmm. and it's just there's just strange things happening but what i found interesting her job when she um when she was her regular person and alive and when she's a clone she takes she gets her job back Mm -hmm. is she is a virtual reality hugger 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 that's right. A person who hugs. Hmm. So people, I've never heard of those people. Well, this is, again, <laughs> n- not in. It's, this is kind of like near future. Yeah. Okay. So she, you know, plugs in and people who need intimacy, mm-hmm. not sexual, just, mm-hmm. just like they will put on. They won't they can come in as themselves or they can put on a skin. Mm-hmm. Like they can come in as, as any other person. So if they're a man, they can come in as a woman. Mm-hmm. Like they, they can look however right. they want. And she can she'll do whatever they want. If she if it's like there's this one old man that comes in, you know, he may be an old man, he may not, you know. And all he wants her to do is hold his hand. So it's it's not just hugging, but it's no more than that. Right. It's not a sexual thing. I thought you would find that interesting. I do find that interesting. you don't it, like to it, hug. I don't like
0: to hug. I mean, I um, like to hug the people that... In your... In my life. Yeah, in your life. But I, yeah. Yeah, I don't like a casual um, hug.
1: Yeah. I just... I think it's interesting too for me because i could see where this would be beneficial to people because sometimes people just need a hug mm-hmm. and they just want it you know just just from a stranger you know they don't want any strings attached just a hug just a nothing else to it hug me for 10 15 minutes and i'm out of here that
0: That's is uh, my nightmare hugging stranger i know I know, me <laughs> I know for 15 or, minutes Gross. or
1: hold my hand right you know like I could hold I, I can see that yeah so I thought that was fascinating that is interesting anyway there is a huge twist in the book that I didn't see coming and I thought was just very very cool
0: very well done well it sounds it sounds interesting like I did. I liked the idea of her solving, trying to solve her own yeah. murder. Well, and it's it's like it's all, it's her
1: and the group of ladies. Oh, okay. Too. Were they all murdered by the same person? Yes, they were all murdered okay. by the same man. And I loved the book, loved it.
0: Well my um, my last best of 2023 is also my like it's my number one Ooh. recommendation for the best book I read this year. It's Cheneville by Paulette Giles. And I talked about this in book club. Um, the subtitle of this book is a novel of murder, loss, and vengeance. So this is uh, the story about John Cheneville. He is a union soldier who has been gravely wounded and in the head. And it turns out it was like an anchor chain hit him in the head. In the beginning, he's recovering from this head injury in a hospital. Um, and no one expected him to live. and then if they did, they didn't expect him his brain to work again. But anyway, so the first part of the book is him trying to recover enough to get home. He's from Missouri. So he makes it home and he um, discovers that no one wanted him to know this disturbing thing had happened in their family because he was, you know, half dead and recovering. And it's that his younger sister, her husband, and their baby have been murdered, murdered and chucked into a stream. Because this is set in like 1866, there's only one thing to do, and that is to find the man who did this and kill him. That is, that is, that is like,
1: right. I mean, that is what you do. There at is that no. Time. Uh,
0: this sure. is a lawless. Yeah. Land, you know, this is um, immediately post Civil War. Missouri is kind of the like, oh, what are they again? Were they Union? Were they Confederate? Yeah. Like, which which way are we going? Um, and you know, he has no. He does talk to the police, but they're like completely useless. So, anyway, so it is an epic quest. It is an old-fashioned. Is it a saga? It's not, it's not even... I wouldn't call it a saga. Okay. Because it, it doesn't uh, go on for that long, okay. you know. Um, but he... So he sets out to find uh, the man who did it and get his revenge, you know. Um, it's, it's an epic quest. It's... There's a lot of traveling. He'll make some progress. And there's a setback. And mm-hmm. then uh, there's a random tragedy thrown in. I think when I talked about this in, in book club, I... Said first of all, it's kind of, you know it's like a western kind of book, and this is like the third or fourth western I've read that I've really loved.
1: And you used to say you didn't like Westerns. I know,
0: but I think I I don't I don't want to read like a pulp western. Yeah. But Gosh. I'll read I'll read a book that's good set mm-hmm. in you know a, a western kind of thing. But I think when we were talking about it, or when I was talking about it before, I said like there are fight scenes that you can like mentally imagine like Mm -hmm. I know exactly what's happening because sometimes you know if you read a scene where people are struggling you you're like I don't know arms and legs are flying around and I kind of gloss past it really because I'm like I can't follow this yes so I found this fight scene and I was gonna I wanted to read a few little lines from it so in this in this thing the man he's after knows knows that he's after him and he has hired this man to kill him. So he goes into this barn. I don't know. I don't remember why. But, and this creature like falls on him from the rafters. And it's this absolutely disgusting human who he obviously has lead poisoning. He has lead ore under his uh, fingernails. He's got this scrubby hair. He doesn't even refer to him as a man, he's like the oh. creature. John's shirt front was stabbed at by some sharp object. The creature stank horribly, a strange metallic odor. John threw his long body left and right, bent forward, back, but the thing clung to him like every bestial, inhuman thought or fear one has had in a lifetime a burden, a leech, a parasite heavy as stone. So it's lyrical, it's really literary. But at the same time, stuff is happening, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's a lot of action in this. And just so you get a little bit more, the thing on his back continued to clutch and stab until John let go of the fingers and grabbed the hay hook out of the upright. And a hay hook is like, I Googled it to see how big they are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a thing that like gets the bale of hay. Um, He swung it behind him with all his strength and sank it into some unseen part of the man's body. Ew. John had little strength in his backward swing, but he had hooked into something, and so he pulled and ripped and jerked and tore flesh so that the hands around John's neck loosened. The man screeched high, thin, and demented. He fell to the ground, clutching his buttocks, blood staining his hands. Anyway. So yeah, that's, that is a little gross, but yeah. your root. Listen, I'm on Team John. Yeah, let's let's go find that guy. Yeah, and we I I want him dead too yeah. for what he did to Laylee. No, he's got to pay, and all these people on the way, they're going to pay too. You know,
1: the author. Paulette Giles, mm-hmm. she wrote uh, News of the World. Yes. Yeah.
0: A, another that really great, so good. really great Western. Yeah,
1: and I don't like Westerns either, and right. I loved that one.
0: Yeah. Well, if you love News of the World, this one, again, this, this is as gross as it gets. This is as yeah. graphic oh, as doesn't, it gets. Oh, that doesn't bother um, me. It, because it's like a disgusting creature bad guy who yeah. got jammed with Kill a, him. Who with, cares? Well, I'm not saying he kills him or he well, doesn't. Well, whatever. But— welcome. Uh, but there are other, you know, there are other fight scenes like yeah. where there is one where this guy has a broken arm and, you know, he takes his stick because he's mm-hmm. still kind of recovering and, and beats on his, you know, he rip, he rips all yeah. of his stuff off. And, well, you know, that's the way it was You got then. You got to beat on a broken arm to get yeah. some answers. Um, so, and he, he does get really you good know, answers when out I of that guy. I heard you
1: talk about this the first time. I was not interested, but now I am. Explain that
0: maybe i i read from it maybe hearing maybe, that part made the it first time you um, talked
1: about it i was like la la la, la. <laughs> i don't know why it did not interest me now i'm like this might be my next book
0: you know what it's not very long yeah. um but Even but yeah better. i i really enjoyed it so those are my those top are great. three i do and you have... seem
1: real passionate about all of them i thought they were every time you
0: talked about one i thought that's her number one book well, I, the the uh, shine on bright and dangerous object, that one is is close. Like I, I really really liked that one. But Cheneville and that's the Dollar Tree one. Yeah, Cheneville I think is um, much more accessible to many more people. Mm-hmm. Like I think a Western lover would mm-hmm. love it. I think anyone who likes literary fiction would like it. I think Laurie Colwyn is a a woman's writer. You know, yeah. um, I'm not sure, and that that's sexist. I know, um, but well, they have that you know that genre,
1: of women's fiction, right? Which I'm never sure what that. It's means. not
0: chick lit.
1: It's not chick lit, but there's no men's fiction, right? You know,
0: yeah. But this is this is really accessible. So, I did want to give a shout out to a couple of other books that I loved this year. And I, when I was looking at all the the books I read, if you are a person who stops reading when you don't like something, mm-hmm. then the books you finish are all going to be four or five stars because yeah. you wouldn't finish it if it sucked, you know? Yeah. Um, so my Goodreads looks like I just love everything I read, but it's because if I don't like it, I stop reading. And, and I, that's you know. the same. So yeah. um, Moonrise Over New Jessup by uh, Jamila Mix. Um, it was really good King of the Armadillos by Wendy Chin Tanner that, that's, that might be creeping up in the top five I only talked about three but that's the one about the, the Chinese teenager who has leprosy and he lives in New York City and he goes to uh, Carville uh, in Louisiana to live to be treated for leprosy in the 50s it, and it's based on her father and his experience it's very good
1: it's funny you should mention that, because I'm reading a book right now that is talking about the leper colony, which there's you're supposed to call Hansen's it something disease. else, yeah, yeah. in Louisiana.
0: Well, there's a museum there, and you know I like weird medical things. I do. Things. I'm going to have do. to go there. Um, Hello Beautiful, oh, and Politano. That, love that Oh book. my gosh, Loved so good. It. Tom Lake. Tom Lake. I. You know what?
1: I wasn't going to talk about it, even though it was... Up there, for I loved Tom. Yeah, like I read it um at least. I think I read it twice. Maybe started it a third
0: time. You could make yourself beautiful. Yeah. um Yeah. Wait, uh, is that what it's called? You could make yourself. You You can make this place beautiful. This place. I was like, well, that's no. not right. um State of Wonder by Anne Patchett. The- oh. So good. And uh-huh. then Wellness by um, Nathan Hill, which yeah. I we I talked about on a previous yeah podcast, but. Um, I think in the kooky narrative structure one, but anyway, it's been a good a good year of reading. What are are you? Do you have any goal, or are you looking forward to anything in twenty twenty four? I don't have a goal. My goal is let's well,
1: just well, you know, I do kind of have a goal. It's not like a number of books or anything like that, but I would like to get back to where I would read at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I Kind of got out of that because of. Um, Stupid social media, right? But you know, I don't know if I'll achieve that. Uh, I'm lured into my Instagram every night, mm-hmm. and I always say, "Oh, I'm going to read." And maybe then, you could you could set a, a limit, know, like. Well, I thought can, maybe I'll set a timer. Yeah. Uh, so maybe but I really I hate that about myself. I just I just I hate that I'm lured into that Instagram and.
0: And it's not even that interesting. It's not. And then I realized, like, I just wasted an hour
1: of my life. I know. And so I would like to read at night before I go to bed instead of looking at social media. But there are two books. Well, there's a lot more than that. But two books in particular that I'm looking forward to reading, Um, neither of them are Tracy Carr books. (laughs) I like to say that. Um, One of them uh, is coming out in June. It's a Riley Sager book. Mm -hmm. Riley Sager is one of my favorite authors. He writes um, a lot of, like, thriller books. So his next one is called Middle of the Night, and it is about a man who long ago when he was, I believe, 12 – him and his friend were out camping in a um, tent in his backyard. And when he woke up, his friend was not there. Mm. And his friend went missing, never to be heard from again. And so now, many, many years later, there are signs that his friend, Billy, is coming back. There's just signs of him all over the neighborhood. Interesting. Is it Billy? Or is it someone playing a prank? That sounds good. Riley Sager is just amazing. I don't that that man like he's he just writes just in, in such an amazing way. Like I just I love him so much. Stephen King book. Hmm. Okay, so this year I did read Holly mm-hmm. by Stephen King, which I adored, and I did not expect to adore it like I did. So I'm thinking I really want to read this one. Uh, it comes out in May, and it's called. You like it darker. Hmm. And it's a collection of short stories, 12 short stories. And, you know, Stephen King, he's not a young cat, you know, and he just seems to be getting better and better. So after Holly, I'm like, man, this guy, I got to keep up with him. One of the stories that, uh, in the in the collection is about a Vietnam vet who answers a job ad that leads to a dark twist. Hmm. I was reading on Goodreads about uh, this one lady wrote. She wrote, I would read his shopping list. (laughs) Like, and you know what? I could see that. He is just amazing. So those are two books I'm looking forward to. What about you?
0: I have one that I really am looking forward to, James by Percival Everett. I have a digital arc of it, and I'm about a quarter of the way through. But it is um, a retelling of Huckleberry Finn. I have heard about this book. From Jim. I have heard that it is amazing. It is so good. Uh, it's from Jim's perspective. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's supposed to be so good. The whole deal is that the way that, you know, Jim and other black people talk in the uh, Huckleberry yes. Finn. Yes. They put that on for the white people. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. That is because if if the white people know that they are educated, mm-hmm. uh, they will, you know, it won't be good for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so they're threatened. Are, there are hilarious passages where Jim will slip uh-huh. and, you know, just. Uh, Talk and uh-huh. um someone will be like, What did you say? And then he has to that? like um <laughs> go back to yeah. dialect. Um Oh I've had that so good. But yeah. Good. It, it's really good so far. I really want um, to read that. And anyway, so I'm looking forward to I've that. Heard a lot of people talk about that book. But yeah, I don't have any I'm gonna set a you know, forty book goal that seems to be where I kind of land and I'm just gonna read stuff I wanna read, you know? Same. Well Same. thanks for chatting about books. I love chat-out books with you. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.